Welcome to Echoes Down the Road, a podcast presented by the band West of House. My name is Eric, and today brings us episode six, which features all five members of the band, as well as a special guest interview. Moving Shadows is the star of the show today, and we dig deep into this melancholic rocker and how it unknowingly set the stage for West of House almost six years ago. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome back, everyone. This is episode six. We are getting there of Echoes Down the Road, the West of House podcast. As always, I am your sonic tour guide, Eric. And I'm Lance. This is Tommy. This is Kevin. And this is Dave. Oh, my gosh. All five of Who? us in the same place. <laughs> Very funny. Is it? I, I can barely contain just... my excitement, people. Yeah. Is it really Dave, or is this someone saying they're Dave? It could be a stand-in. It, no, I'm a, yeah. This is a placeholder, a, a very intelligent <laughs> uh, placeholder. He's gone like full the Iron robot. Legion. It's, it's like Skynet. <laughs> well, we'll we'll take what we can get, and we are very, very happy uh, to have all of us here for you guys today. We are going to be talking about Moving Shadows. A wonderful song. If you haven't heard it, you're in for a treat. Which is uh, song five of the album. Song five. Oh. Song five for episode six. My wife's not going to be happy. My new opening just sprinkled on her nice MacBook. Oh, well. Oh. <laughs> so are you saying this is the last episode you'll be in? Uh, as long as she doesn't know. So that faded well, black transition her. that we're about to see is actually the MacBook dying from right. the beer going inside the logic board. <laughs> what you drinking, Lance? Hey, thanks, Tommy. Waiting for that. We're uh, hitting a nice sunny day here in <laughs> Southern California, so we're hitting the modern times. We got a little sour here, a little tropical sour. Went for the 18 ounce, so I'm ready to stay hydrated. Eric, I didn't hear yours awesome. open today. What, what do you got drinking over there today? No, it's a little earlier than we usually do our podcasts. And unlike you alcoholics, I am just drinking a nice, solid black coffee. Straight wow. black? Ooh. Straight black. Nothing, nothing else. You put anything else in coffee and it just ruins it. It's like Straight wow. black is a sign of a psychopath. That's what they say, but it's like overplaying <laughs> drums in a song. Hey, it never <laughs> happens. Wow, is there anyone else wearing a vest? Because shots Coffee have been fired. Coffee starts bad, so you can't really fix it with anything. <laughs> That's blasphemy. I agree with you, Tommy. It tastes like donkey pee. Oh, my. Well, how can you, you would know. even know what donkey pee tastes like? You know, people always ask me that. I don't have a response. Well, then maybe you, you should stop saying it, or we're going to start judging your <laughs> beverage choice. <laughs> So all the, all the silly drinking aside, this will be a great time for you guys to pop in the CD, go on Spotify, go on Apple, and give Moving Shadows a listen. We will, of course, play it at the end of the episode. But, you know, sometimes it helps just to hear the song before so you know kind of what we're talking about. And, hey, another stream, that's another 0.0003 cents for us. So we Woo-hoo. will not say no. So why don't you go ahead and give that song a listen right now. So, Moving Shadows, this is a little trivia. This is actually the oldest West of House song. I don't know how many of you knew that. I think the band members did. So this was written in 
2015. So as of this recording, it's almost six years old. And it was the song that gave birth to the Mad Ones, which we talked about in episode one. Uh, At that time, we had a band called Eric Beeger and the Mad Ones. And I had done that because I was doing a show at the Orange County Fair and I needed a backup band. So we called in Lance and Kevin, did you play the first show with us? Or we had a different keyboard player for actually, that. Actually, no. Yeah, I was Andrew and I, I believe Brian played yeah. that show, didn't he? That's right. Yeah, Andrew and my brother-in-law, Brian. Uh, rest in peace, Brian. We love you. Yes. Uh, they played. Kevin wasn't on that. I don't. Scotty played drums, and that was Eric Beeger and the Mad Ones, and we did two of those shows at the fair, right? Yes, it was about 110. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and intelligently, the band after us didn't show, so they wanted us to play a second set. That was a and mistake. I think that's, it was, because I think Andrew's fingers melted on his keys. That's right, because the sun was shining through a, a rip in the, uh, what was it, in the, the little tent. Yeah. And instead of moving his keyboard, which was in the sun, he left it there and actually burned his fingers. Yeah, and we never heard from him again. He, he never he car. never played again. But then Kevin joined, and and then writing uh, more in the future. Fast forward to 2015, I was writing a song, and Moving Shadows just came around, and that was kind of getting rid of the Eric Beeger part because it's no fun to be a solo act. It's just not the same, and turn it into a full fledged band with Lance and Kevin and our friend Scott at the time. So I remember writing this song uh, on a just a crappy, broken down, beat up, almost out of tune acoustic guitar. And the magic of that, the entire song, music and lyrics, came together in less than an hour. Uh, it had been a while since I had written a song, and I definitely wasn't as prolific as this whole West of House craziness that we do now. This was back when I was writing maybe two or three songs a year. And but something happened, and it just kind of came together. So we do have that demo. Uh, why don't we play a little right now? As we stand here in our silence, thinking nothing said is what to say. As it all falls down. go you can kind of hear if you're familiar with the song the foundation of that song has stayed the same i think there's one or two lyric changes that i did in there uh some different meter things with how the singing's going but from verse to chorus to bridge it's all there now eric that that actual recording we just listened to was that done in the hour-ish time frame of when you wrote it and did yeah. the lyrics or 
Yeah, I wrote wow. it, and so I didn't forget it. That's recorded on a phone. That's amazing. That's I did the the vo- smart voice recorder, whatever it was, on my little Android there, and threw that down. And in a few episodes, we will actually talk about the song that I wrote next that very same day. You know what that song was, Lance? I do. I believe it was Voyeuristic. You are correct. Voyeuristic Symphony was written, uh, that one also, in an hour. So I had a very productive, wow. it was the only, my only productive two hours of 2015. <laughs> I, I think nice. those were actually the only songs that I wrote that whole year. But, good well, ones. Yeah. Voyeuristic is such a big song. That's a good one-year song. I mean, that's things full of stuff. Oh, yeah. It's, and oh, we'll get into the conversation a little later in this episode and a lot on the, on the Voyeuristic Symphony episode, but, you know, it was acoustic guitar and voice on that demo, but the rest of the song was there, you know, in my head. And we'll kind of pick up on that a little later. But let's jump around. We're going to do things a little out of order. And let's talk about lyrics, since that was all done before you guys even, before it even came to be. Right. Any of you guys happen to know offhand where I pulled the inspiration for Moving Shadows from? Well, like most of your lyrics or music, it seems like they're either some type of... um, inspiration from a U2 type of feel or either some type of biblical significance. I'm That's looking at the lyric sheet online that you have in our Google Drive. <laughs> I am so also I know cheating. The answer because it's Cheater. right there. Yeah, you're so, all cheaters. So you guys are cheating. <laughs> See, I try to make it up so it sounds real. I knew the answer, but I got to, you know, get some content here, people. So, yeah. Um, well, yes, since they're cheating, the, the game isn't quite as fun folks but it's okay we can adding all this out (laughs) normally we don't know this stuff so actually the fact that we do know is exciting for me i think you you just found out we had a google drive didn't you tommy well i think you just barely gave me access (laughs) so this yeah it's a song based off psalm 39 um I did not know that. Well, you you know now. And someone, I'm looking at the Google Drive now. I see someone has actually highlighted Psalm 39. That was Kevin. So Kevin, I'm googling. (laughs) We just found our Easter egg for the end of this episode. Good job. I have to say, I did not know that because I say that every time you ask about lyrics. So I just have to keep it going. Well, you know what? That's fun because you kind of learn along with everyone listening to this, Tommy. So and I'm in the band. So it's it's a gift. It's my gift to you. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. Uh, no problem. So with, uh, with the Psalms, the Psalms are very interesting, uh, especially for songwriters. Regardless of your religious background, the writing involved in Psalms, it's one of the greatest documents of the human emotional experience ever recorded. Uh, it's almost, well, to coin the term we used earlier, it's almost voyeuristic in kind of like you're reading someone's diary. And I, I was reading that, in, you know, for inspiration in Psalm 39, and I came across this line in there in verse 6, which said, we are merely moving shadows, and all our busy rushing ends in nothing. And I don't care if you're Christian, Buddhist, atheist, none of that matters to me at all. But 
the message from that line is obviously a universal truth because we spend so much of our time uh, running around wrapped up in things that don't really matter uh, that we end up with nothing. And it's just like shadows, you know, they're passing, they're not physical, they're getting nothing done, they're serving no purpose just to kind of exist and move from place to place. So it was kind of that idea that inspired the whole song and weaves throughout. Yeah, it's kind of a heavy, dark, but humbling statement. And it also rings to me Ecclesiastes where it's just chasing the wind. is a common line that Solomon writes in that book where we definitely sometimes need to be reminded that we don't really matter as much as we think we do, when it comes down, which is humbling and sometimes uh, a little depressing. But I I find solace in it. I agree with Lance, you know. Sometimes I think of of like uh, when I get cut off in traffic, for example, like we all have one thing in common, we're all going to die. I know that's kind of depressing and kind of dark, but. I mean, it helps me think of the kind of uh, connection between the person and the other car or, you know, kind of like the the idea that we're all existing on this plane of existence together. Well, and the, and the fact going, going kind of farther down in the lyrics of the song, um, the, the chorus, it, it's weird because the, the music is very hopeful. Like, and it just in the progression, it's a it's a kind of a payoff chorus um, and has kind of a, a, a triumphant feel to it. But the lyrics of like every lifetime is a moment and each of us is just a breath. Like all we have is each other, uh, each other now in death. So it's like we're. It, it could be interpreted almost as though you were talking with a, a partner, like all we have is each other but could also zoom out more to be like in, in the human condition. Like Kevin was saying, all of us on the same plane of existence, all we have is, is each other. Like we're just, we are here in this experience and uh, we should make the most of it uh, and make the most of that connection as opposed to chasing after things. Cause it's just a moment. It's just a blink. Wow, that was awesome, Dave. Why aren't you on more of these? We need Dave on more of these. That was deep. That's that's good. That that's really good. Yeah, I think that's what I was trying to tap into. I mean, I've told uh, I've told you guys plenty that I don't always explain the lyrics because whatever it means to you, that's that's great. That's your experience. That's what I like. But what what Dave said, what Kevin said, what what Lance said. You know, it's just kind of tapping into that universal experience, and it could be personal, it could be corporate, uh, it could be spiritual, uh, all those facets of relationship, and how when we get down to it, it's really only the relationship itself that matters, and not any of the accoutrements that, that go with it. So, I like hearing you talk about it, David. Makes yeah, that was happy. well played, just like his guitaring. Oh, guitaring mm, is that a word? That. Thank you. It's definitely a word. You, you're making up a lot of words these days. <laughs> so then, uh, the bridge. Can you hear me? Are you listening? Is that you, like, pleading to people to, hey, you know, we are 
you know, you're not who you, you know, we just have a short amount of time here and you need to make the most of it. I was that your, I'd say that's spot impression? on. I mean, a lot of our lyrics, they're not only very personal looks and, you know, you'll hear that in other episodes. I think of like echoes down the road offhand. That's a very personal, vulnerable lyric, but also a lot of calls. Uh, we hear that in yesterday's, you know, uh, with the changes come, change will come. There's not a way to stop it. There's all these calls corporately to we as a, as a global community of things, not me on a soapbox, but you know, these are messages to me and everyone. And that, that plea that, you know, are you listening to this? You know, spot on, Tommy. Spot on with that so, one. So, speaking of yesterday's, if we go back to episode two, the word esoteric was dropped, and I made a link at the time that there's going to be esoteric in one of the lyrics. Well, this is the song that has it. it so there's the tie-in for our listeners. It's there. Back to episode two. It, we are merely <laughs> moving shadows caught up in esoteric haze. That one wasn't in the Bible. I threw that in. It's no. One of those 50 cent say, words. And, and, and <laughs> so... <laughs> I have to say, I didn't know what that word meant. Did you look it up? I had to look it up. Good. Yes. So this isn't the first time because when I first joined your band, God Complex, Eric, I had to look up Spelunker, which was also in a word in a song. <laughs> made. I didn't know what a Spelunker was. What is this? What is a Spelunker? So, Do you remember? A cave dude, like a, qua- a cave climber. A cave explorer. And I don't yeah, know. I mean, like has Spelunker ever been used in a rock song before? I'm sure it has not. Well, once now. Yeah. That was, what was that? Kittens and Chainsaws? Well, yeah, that song, that could be its own episode. Well, you know what? It's a good segue because, you know, like I said, originally I wrote this for the Mad Ones, but the first time this song was actually performed was at a God Complex reunion show. So later in the summer of 2015, uh, Tommy and I were talking and we decided to do a God Complex reunion show to celebrate our 19th year. The Mad Ones couldn't play the fair. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. Was that the year Scott broke his arm? Or I think, Yeah, I think your drummer was hurt. Yeah, He was hurt, and Lance was in the mountains and couldn't make it. Something and like that. And so I called up Tommy, and Tommy and I are the only remaining guys you know, still in contact from that band. And we've Kevin joined. Kevin played keys. Yes, sir. And then I called up, you know, Mr. Dave Roberts who, as you know, the other member of West of House. And that's kind of uh, where Dave gets introduced to this song. And I believe I'd sent you this demo, didn't I, Dave? Yeah, you you sent me the voice and acoustic demo. And we had done some other stuff. Like I had had played with you uh, at your previous church at Trinity Press a couple times. uh, And then you were like, hey, I want to do this thing for OC Fair. And I was like, hey, I'm down. And as we started talking more, you sent me just the vocal and acoustic going, hey, what do you think of this? And so I kind of took the ball and ran with it. And like I put in a, a bass track. I put in a couple extra guitar tracks and, um, and a drum track. Uh, not nearly as cool as anything Tommy comes up with, but addictive, addictive drums and an e-kit allowed me to to lay a groundwork for that. So we kind of put that together so that it had shape and sent it back and Kevin or and, uh, and Eric was like, "Wow, this is awesome." And then we got to play it and we got to that was where that song got to get 
kind of the the mad ones treatment and we we probably didn't know it but i mean what 80 percent of west of house played on that song like five years before the band was a band yeah yeah it's uh it's funny because you were the last to join west of house we brought you in later but you were actually the first to play on a west of house song if you want to you know parse semantics there's we didn't we didn't know yet very few degrees of separation in our incestual band relationships that we've all gone through they're all kind of linked together the six degrees of kevin bacon yeah so we actually have a a live clip from that show of moving shadows we're going to play a little bit of that maybe i'll even throw in uh the part where Tommy throws down double bass in this song. I don't remember if he remembers playing that, but let's, I, you recall that? I was just thinking, I was actually just thinking, I don't remember playing this song at all in that show. Well, when I brought the song back up to the band, you didn't know what it was, which again, it's, it's senility. It happens as you get older. We're, we're okay with it. We, we still love you, but let, you know, let's play a clip of that now and you can relive the experience. I live Each of us is just a breath. All we have is each other, each other now and then. Every lifetime is a moment. Each of us is just a breath. So there you go. That was the first live performance of Moving Shadows. With Tommy's double bass intact, you know, turning everything into a metal song. You should have heard his original, well, the- uh, your original version of Chasing After Memories had blast beats, if I recall correctly, didn't it? Oh, I don't know, maybe. Now that I can play double bass, I want to, but I'm not in a band that really likes double bass. So. Oh. Mostly well, just me, but. What are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, one of these days, Westie fans, there'll be one. Just not anytime soon. <laughs> Tommy's Marty McFly in this, where he's like, ah, "Y'all ain't ready for this, but your yeah. kids are gonna." I remember love it. that gig though. That was a good gig. That was a lot of fun. The sound was great. Um, it was great. It's up on YouTube. If you search, yeah. I think God Complex and Orange County Fair. That one comes up, and it was a fun. It was a fun show. That was cool. That was a good time. We had a good hangar. time, and that was in the hangar. It was nice it? and shaded. It was. It was. We had the hangar. So much it, was a, it was in the hangar, and we covered um, we covered counting blue cars. If I recall, Dishwalla. that's right. Yeah. Yep. And did some God Complex stuff. It was really, really fun. I remember having to buy a new distortion pedal for that gig because I needed something with more cojones than my little Class A Mesa would put out at the time. Yes, the God Complex songs were uh, a, a little crunchy at times. Yeah, and I think the reason why we ended up doing that gig, Eric, is because you had the hangar and you didn't want to give up the space, no, the spot I, for the next year. So you're like, I got a band coming, so keep my spot. And we, we did a pretty good job with that. <laughs> then you hung up the phone and went, hey, let's get a band coming. <laughs> it's like, good thing I know a bunch of musicians that can show up. <laughs> yeah, it, it came to, once uh, Mad Ones had to pull out, the God Complex reunion one came together pretty soon. And that song went on. It became a staple. 
of every Mad One's performance. I think, I can't think of one where we didn't play it. You're right. Uh, we did it was every time. It's just, it's a great rock song. And so, especially live, it's a very good oh, live yeah. song. It's a good barn burner. And when I think when we started talking in early 2020, uh, that we had more songs than we thought we had, that we were going to move from maybe making an EP to making a full length album. Because Lance and Kevin were in the band at the time, Dave hadn't, hadn't joined us yet. It was a real easy call to bring in Moving Shadows and to bring in Voyeuristic Symphony, which we'll talk more about in episode 11. It just, it seemed like the right thing to do. And Dave's demo, Dave had thrown together a demo of the more rocky version of it. Uh, that's how I, I hear the song. Uh, his, his color parts and his solo and the importance of that. So it was very easy to me to, to make that call to Dave when, when we're talking about doing it for West of House. And I called him and said, hey, I want you, you know, let's start at the top here, and I want you to put down the rhythms that you put down on the demo. Let's redo it. And I want your guitars on that. And that process went, went pretty well. Wouldn't you say, Dave? Yeah, that one was pretty straightforward. Um, because, I mean, we, it had more of a rock feel on the, the demo that I put in, but it was a little bit softer. So I remember you coming to me and saying, hey, do you have the original stems for this? And that was a dead MacBook and two dead hard drives ago, so I did not. Um, but I think that ended up all working out uh, because when you wanted it re-recorded, you said, oh, I want, this, I want this more rocky. And you're like, bring out the Les Paul on this one. Use it for every track. Yeah, because so, the live version of it, it definitely started taking on a different life of its own. And, and you brought the rock, man. You brought the rock to your tracks. When that, that brought the foundation, but, and then it, uh, it really took shape after everyone else. I, I won't skip ahead. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it really took shape after like all five of us got to put our unique spin on it. Oh, it was, yeah, this is a fun part of the episode because this song goes in a place that, you know, where it could have, it could have imploded and it turned wonderful and I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm just so excited to chat about that. So, so Dave does, Dave does the rhythms for it. We got the rhythm guitars. I think he did, I don't know, four, five different guitar tracks. Dave likes to pan stuff left and right. So we got this big rock sound. Uh, we had the, I had scratch vocals on, hadn't done a final yet, but they're there. And then we sent it to Lance and Lance did his thing. And this was, this had to be the easiest song you did on the album you already knew it yeah i mean obviously i can almost do it in my sleep playing it for so many years but it's funny that you know i'm glad dave got to go first and we got that backstory because i didn't know that whole time of this you know 2015 and then we started playing it the summer of 16 with the mad ones but i didn't realize at the time that dave was dave i didn't know who he was i just figured eric has this rolodex that most millennials won't know what that is but this Rolodex <laughs> full of, of multiple, you know, musicians. He can pull, you know, these, these names out of the hat. And, and that's when I kind of started learning that, I think it was many years later, that Dave, you also did the bass on the demo, didn't you? Yeah, everything that wasn't acoustic or Eric, I just, I put together and sent back. Yeah, and so we've done a few other songs and, that you've recorded and you like to put bass on stuff, which is fun because 
I, I will say, and I'm sure you've noticed, the intro and even the verse, I was definitely inspired. You did some really cool stuff, and it's a very similar line than what you did. So I got to give you some uh, writing credits. The, in the chorus and bridge, I think I depart a little bit from whatever you're doing, but it's not too different. Um, so I got to give you props for all of your string playing. But yeah, it's something, obviously, I, it doesn't take long to, to do. I probably did it in a two, three takes, um, as I often do. I think once I've rehearsed it enough, I just throw down and, and I'm, I move on. But so, yeah, I want to give Dave a little bit of props on that, especially the intro. The intro, I think I tried my damnedest to, to do it about as close to what you did on that demo, which is just a cool sound. So, but yeah, easy for me. Yeah, thank you, man. And it was, it was perfect, Lance, you know? And another perfect part for a wonderful song. So, what do we do? I th- we just left it at electronic drums. I don't even think Tommy's on it, is he? Oh, there he is. <laughs> hey, oh. Maybe Tommy's going to correct me. If you don't know, he was, it looked like he was asleep there on our Skype. No, uh, there aren't electronic drums on it. <laughs> Why don't you tell us about them? So <laughs> let me tell you about the drums. So this song, since I obviously forgot playing it, uh, they sent me a video, or Eric did, of them playing it with the Mad Ones at a subsequent fair gig and so i used some of that but i also tried to make it my own and uh actually i have to say that um the the uh intro piece is split into two different beats and the first beat is kind of uh the beginning of the song but then we also which was eric's idea i switch it halfway through to play a different beat that's going to be later in the song so i thought it was a good idea because i i recorded the whole thing the whole intro the same and he's like now halfway through switch it to that other beat that you're doing later so we can kind of tease that part of the song in the intro oh that's a great idea so so, so not not I to interrupt that. tom but when you did this had you literally forgotten that you were the first live drummer to plan the song in 2015 yes i actually <laughs> uh, had forgotten if you told me i had forgotten again until about five minutes ago so you didn't use when you like you we played use, this at that gig i'm like Oh, that's cool. You didn't use the video that existed of you playing the actual song. No. You used the video of another drummer playing it the year, uh, two years later. Yeah, I used the video that you sent me, which was not of me playing it. Playing it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, which is probably good, because if I would have heard what I played before, I probably would have tried to do that, which apparently the double bass thing wasn't happening. But um, The double bass, I mean, in this song, I, I, I may have just left it in. It was pretty cool. So you missed oh, you, you missed me. your opportunity. <laughs> now you tell me. We're gonna have to do this one again then. The remix. Wow. <laughs> we'll have to record a remix. No, but it was a it was a really cool song. So I did a lot of uh marching drum technique in it. Um where the hi-hat or not the hi-hat, the ride cymbal and the snare drum are playing the same thing with accents on with the four on the floor with the bass drum, which I, I tend to do. Whenever the hands are really busy doing something that's not a groove, I tend to just keep the bass drum uh pumping throughout. And it uh, it actually was is pretty technical to play to get the accents and the ghost notes all together, and not have one overpower the other or vice versa. So it was it was a really fun song to track because it was a little bit challenging on a technical side. Uh, it's got that breakdown there in the middle 
which I really like bridge the halftime thing with Tom's as part of the groove. And then it comes down again and, you know, we're building it and building it up. And, uh, I just really like how the song flows, uh, like that. I agree. I'm really Tommy. big into tension. That, What's that? I said, I agree with you on the bridge. It's like its own song and it's, it's a longer bridge, right? Compared to most songs I think we play and in general, but the way it builds and we all feed off each other and there's these, I don't know, it flows in such a way that it's almost like its own little mini song. And I, I love that part. And I think between the dynamics of the drums and my bass and the different guitar lines that kind of, kind of build you up until we get into that final chorus and stuff. It, it's a really cool part of the song that I, I don't necessarily always enjoy when I'm playing it. It's like, I'm playing the same thing. But yet when I listen to it, my God, is it such a cool section of the song? Well, it's, I, I think it's 64 bars, which is way longer than a normal bridge. It's, yeah. like, a, it's like a worship song bridge. It's like a, <laughs> that build, you know? Hey, this song's, it's way better than a worship song. Don't ever insult me like that again. <laughs> it gives off that vampy vibe, you know? But that build, yeah. that build is so yeah. necessary. The build is it. really cool. And your drums, yeah, Tommy, we, for that bridge, I mean, each, each round, you know, each, each 16 bars, you're doing something new and adding to it. Yeah. And you know, you have your foundation, then you're throwing something else and you're throwing something else. And by the time we get to the end of that bridge, especially what the drums are doing, it's just, it's freaking epic. It's glorious. It's almost like a progressive house, like an EDM song in that, in that every few bars, it's what excites it for the listener Mm -hmm. is you've got this and then you've got this and you've got this, you've got so many different elements. You've got layers. the sampler plate of, of awesome layers. Yeah. Kevin, you should, yeah, you well. should remix an EDM version of this song <laughs> and with there like a bass drop and everything. I'll get on it. There you go. Yeah. And double bass, of course. No, no. But I, a lot <laughs> of my drum parts are like that though. They start off and then they build. And so something that I'm playing later on in the song, I've already played it, but I'm adding something new and that, that's just kind of how I like to build drum beats. But Eric gave me a really good compliment on the fill coming out of that, um, out of the bridge into the last chorus. He's like, man, that's one of the greatest things. Just perfect for that part, and, and, which is really cool. And then the end, which I really like, um, the outro uh, with what the guitars are playing. The first time I played it, I didn't catch the right hits. And I heard it when I recorded it back. I'm like, okay, there's a hit here. So I had to move my hit over a half a beat. Uh, but when we released it, Eric, I don't know if you remember Forrest Robinson, one of our mutual friends, Grammy award-winning drummer, by the way. Great drummer. I heard it in comments. Fantastic. Hey, he was, like he was my first choice for the band. <laughs> but of course he's... Just kidding. Well, well he was a little he, no, busy. He, no, he's a little busy know, with if, Phil Collin. Yeah. Now, if you had a chance, a choice between myself and Forrest, you should take Forrest. That would be better. But anyway, <laughs> he, he pointed out, is that a little rush lick at the end, which... Yeah, probably is because I'm Mr. Rush guy, but uh, that was cool to hear. But I, yeah, I like the whole song. I like the beginning. You know, we come out hard, then we bring it down again, and then the song builds to the bridge and comes down again and builds to the end with a huge outro and really kind of a technical proggy ending. Um, it's just from from the drum part perspective, I think that's really cool. But and I was just listening to it earlier and the guitars in this, all the different guitar sounds and. And all of that is so layered. And, and I don't understand all that because I'm not a guitar player, but it's really cool to hear all the different things, especially with headphones. You can hear things going back and forth. 
So uh, I know I'm, we're supposed to be talking drums. I, I don't. I, to give the I don't understand it extra. either, Tommy. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> so you don't. Don't you play guitar? No. Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot going on, and and that kind of moves us to Kevin. So the interesting thing with West of House songs is sometimes everyone, sometimes everyone's available, you know, to record and to put down things, and other times life is slamming us, and you know, sometimes the show has to still go on. And, you know, we put in what we can and try to finish up a song and get everyone involved equally. And at this time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, but I think you were getting slammed at work during, yeah, during uh, the recording of Moving Shadows. Yeah, whatever it is I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, so Kevin, it was busy. Kevin's getting slammed and we've got an almost finished song. You know, everything's there. And so at that time, I call Dave up and I say, hey, Dave, you know, uh, Kevin's really busy. We don't know what he's going to be able to do. So throw in some more stuff. And then, Dave, you did uh, some color guitars and your original solo, correct? Uh, yeah. I, I went and recorded all of those uh, in kind of the, the other accent parts on top of the, the rhythm. And then, um, and then the original solo that was in the bridge. Uh, so did that double tracked all of that that was it, it's only the second time i've ever double tracked a solo uh and the first time i did it was on my own record 10 years ago and it was a, a mistake it was a production mistake that we ended up keeping uh but we put all that together and and sent it over to you and and then the and then the tragedy that ended up making the song what it was and making it truly beautiful, it happened. Yeah, this is, well, well, first it scared the hell out of me. <laughs> we'll get into that. So we're two days before deadline. You know, Kevin slammed. I don't know if he's coming back with tracks. We're unsure. And two days before I have to give this song to Bobby, I, I get the text from Kevin. Hey, my parts are up. So Kevin, he gives me uh, these other color parts, which are just freaking amazing. Uh, wonderful stuff. There's some delay stuff that he's doing that he had done with the Mad Ones. We threw that back in. and uh, But he does a solo too, uh, which I didn't realize. And so now I've got Dave's solo from the original song, and I've got Kevin's solo from the guy who's actually in the band at, at, a, at the same time. And they're both fantastic solos. So we enter this conundrum. You know, do, do we use the original solo? Do we use the one from the guy who's in the band? Because Kevin worked really hard on his. And there were some moments about an hour of kind of agonizing over this. You know, which one do we throw in? Because if we don't use one, you know, I I don't want feelings to be hurt, uh, but we have to serve the song. And so there's this back and forth, this pull. It's, oh, I don't. I mean, it's a total first world problem to have. I think when this happened, you, I don't know if anyone else knows this, but I, I believe you and I went on a text thread and you shared these with me once Kevin put it up and you were so conflicted. It was like you were almost in tears and you're like, I don't know what to do. And you asked those exact questions like Kevin's in the band, but Dave did this first and I didn't even know Kevin was going to do this. And then. It's awesome, and Dave's is, and you were like so torn. It was this weird dichotomy of 
emotion. And at some point it was like, we got to find a way to get them both in there. And then you found that out. Rarely, uh, rarely do we reach an event in the band where I'm just like, "Ah, I don't know. You figured it out. Usually everything's planned out. Everything's very intentional. There's, you know, things are in spreadsheets and looking years in advance. It's just kind of how my brain works. But then the, the prophetic light bulb, so to speak, just lights up. And I, I cut Kevin Solo out from, from where it was. And I pasted it over, over the bridge lyrics when we start the buildup. Because it it's the same chords under that. And my God, it's, it's perfect. So we move Kevin Solo, which has a, a kind of a different buildup to it. Days is very melodic. You know, and it fits, it's in the solo section of the song and it fits that perfectly. And then Kevin's doing this, this kind of buildup in the solo and we didn't even know it was going to match the bridge, but it matches the bridge perfectly. And so right now I, I want to play, uh, we do have the cut of Moving Shadows with Kevin's solo in the solo spot. So we have that in the archives <laughs> and maybe, you know, the only time you hear it and it's a great solo there. You, you can't, you know, say it's not. But let's play that solo right now. I mean, it totally works. It's an awesome solo. But now when we move Dave's solo to that spot and move Kevin's solo to the bridge where it builds up, like we'll play near the end of the episode, now it's a masterpiece of guitar. And Dave's represented and Kevin's represented and they're both shredding in wonderful greatness. And the conundrum is over and I can sleep at night again. And the song is (laughs) served well because that's what's important is that the song is served. The song yeah. always comes first, regardless of what we think, regardless of our egos or anything. You have to serve the song. Absolutely. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad that you, you made that change, to be honest, because I, I think the solo that Dave wrote fits the song better in, in that spot, for sure. And I didn't want, last thing I want to do is cause conflict. And I hate, I'm like the most passive person when it comes to music i'm like oh, whatever works you know it is you're so easy to work with <laughs> <laughs> the beauty of it was that it became so much more the whole became so much more in the sum of its parts and that song was really was really foundational in being able to see like okay here's here's my style of playing here's my style of rhythm my style of solo mm-hmm. and then Kevin's style of rhythm and Kevin's style of solo, like I'm, I'm a huge Def Leppard fan and I don't, won't necessarily compare us to them, but just the, the interplay between the two different styles between like a Phil Collin and a Steve Clark, uh, where you, you have more of the ambient and you have more of the, I guess, traditional, but there are things that Kevin played on that song that 
I would have played 60 takes and still got them wrong. And I'm sure there are things that I played that Kevin would not have played the same way. But it just became so much more together. Yeah, I think it's that, that contrast of style that really works well between us. So who did the uh, solo in the bridge with that band? Me. Wait, oh in gosh. the bridge? No. Yeah, Well, the, that big long band? The pitch band, you know, in the solo the part the or up? under the vocals, because there's a solo and then the bridge with the vocals. So what are you, what are you referring to? I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of it now. Um, I honestly don't know which one it is. It's just, it's that note that like it's bending up and you don't know if it's going to get there and it just gets there. <laughs> That's oh. probably me. It's probably a mistake. <laughs> I don't know which one that is. And I guess I'll have to look it up, but is this something about that? That sound every time I hear it, you know, they say some people hear music and some people feel music. I feel that bend every time I hear it, even my car, if I'm working and I have that song on, I will make a face when that, when that note comes on because I'm feeling that. Yeah, I got there. I just love that. <laughs> that was very visceral, Tommy. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to worry that you may have hurt yourself. I'm going to mute my mic and go find it and then I'll come back with the answer. Okay. How about that? <laughs> Well, you so know, to be clear, we were talking about a guitar sound, right? Like there was nothing else there. That was a very uh, euphoric I'm you, emotion. Some you were people, just, they say some the people guitar feel, makes you feel things. things. Yes. Music makes you feel things. And That's what the ladies say. Tommy's, Tommy's drums make me feel things, but it's usually like rage. Yeah. Anxiety, <laughs> Anxiety. Anger. That's what Eric says all the time. He'll say something like, this, uh, this stirs my loins. Yes. <laughs> You need to you need to feel music in your loins to know it's good. It's true. Uh, yeah, and after all that, I mean, the vocals were easy. You know, when we put those together, Dave's on there. He's got a bunch of backing vocals. Uh, my vocals, I forgot, double, triple tracked, maybe. And they were a piece of cake after all this because we just reached a point of such contentment with the songs, and we've been playing it for five years. So we throw down some final vocals. Bobby Phillips, you know, comes in, does a masterful job as always, and we have Moving Shadows. And it's a perfect time right now, I think, to play the song in its entirety from Crescendo of Silence, track five. Was going to be track one if Tommy had had his way, but we outvoted him. (laughs) So track five, ending side one, this is Moving Shadows.
right, so there you have Moving Shadows in its entirety. Damn, it's still a great song. I mean, <laughs> I, I know say that I, every I time I we come out of a song. After every song that we play, but like we said earlier, it stirs my loins. And I don't know about you guys, but this song gets the most text back to me of, wow, Moving Shadows, what a great song. I get that the most from this song than any other one on the album. Yeah, it's wow. People love it. And it was kind of a no-brainer, you know, to release this. We released this as a single one week before Crescendo of Silence came out. And like I said, it was kind of a no-brainer at that point to do a video. Now, we had had a good friend of the band, Paul Stamat. He did our video for yesterday's, which was really cool. We talked about that in episode two. Uh, Top kind of had the Oh, top shelf video had the VR stuff going. And the great thing about Paul, we give it to him and we, we don't necessarily know what's coming back because he's an artist and we let him do his thing. But we are extremely honored and privileged, Westies, to have in, a, in our virtual studio right now, Mr. Paul Stamat. Paul, welcome to Echoes Down the Road. Woo-hoo. What's up, everyone? How are you guys? Welcome. Good seeing you. It yeah, is good. good seeing you. It is good to have you, and what better way to actually talk about this video? We could chat about it, and I'm sure we'll talk about all the great things we felt, but sure. you know, why, don't, why don't you talk about it and kind of walk us through your ideas and, and how it came about? Um, well, I, you know, after doing the, the first video, which uh, you know, I think that, that whole concept just sort of... Uh, it built itself, right? You know, when you hear the lyrics and when you hear kind of uh, where you're going with that, um, it was it was super easy, even though it was really involved in kind of a, a, a very meticulous process. The uh, so moving into moving shadows, um, I thought that conceptually, I was like, well, we 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 really got to see the band. I think it would be really awesome if we could just see you guys sort of create this song. And so Eric and I were on the phone talking about it. And I was like, if we could just get everyone uh, to film themselves as if it was, you know, they were coming up with the song and coming up with their pieces and all their parts. Um, and, and everyone could kind of get to know the band and, and in your home environments, you know, given the, the context of where we are or where we were in 2020. Um, I, I thought that that would be just an awesome way to sort of uh, get get everybody who had never had never you know at that point you know because you'd already had one song that you know the the second song would be well let's see what these guys you know are made of what do they what do they look like what do they look at like at home and you know so we so we went from there and then uh, I think Eric you had a you had a a funeral at that point but you you kind of um, I, you know made yourself available to, you know, get some of that extra footage that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. So that was extremely helpful in sort of, I guess, telling a bigger story too within that, that the microcosm of, you know, the, the band coming together and figuring out their parts. Then there was this overall story, you know, a subtle one, but a story of going somewhere, right, which I hope came across. So that that was kind of the 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 genesis and, and of of the idea and how it just went from there yeah it was an interesting time uh yeah. my brother uh, god rest his soul passed away in july uh only 
geez, he was 57, uh, had a heart attack. And so I was flying to Washington for the funeral. And, you know, band stuff still goes on, and we're working through that. And you can see if you have a CD, we, we dedicated Crescendo of Silence to him. You know, that, that turned out to be something for him. And some of the footage in the video uh, is taken in the airport. I just remember sitting on one of those, those people movers that are in the airport and had this beautiful skylight above me. And so I pushed record on my phone and, and I put it down on the, the little handrails that kind of move. You know those little people mover things I'm talking about. And it just films that skylight. And it's, I, I think, Paul, that you nailed it because it, it's that yeah. journey. And you're yeah. just kind of moving there. And it's a beautiful part of the video. If you guys haven't yeah. seen it, it's on YouTube. And we'll give you uh, some of those links later. But it, it worked out really well. Uh, I, I had to laugh because, so I'm filming it. And then I got distracted by something. And I actually forgot my phone was on the escalator. And there, there's a clip of that at the end where my phone falls off. <laughs> it just it keeps going off the escalator and right. falls somewhere on the ground uh which was just typical of everything yeah. i do in my life right but but it was a beautiful video and i think it was fun to capture everyone in their places even though well, like we've talked about in earlier episodes this is a band that's never been in the same room together but in that video it's fun to watch because i feel like we all come together yeah, that, and and from a from an editing standpoint, what what I sort of uh, I loved about it was that um, you get to see everyone um, in in a very normalized kind of view, as abnormal as the year was. You know that ever there was normalcy in it. I think that's probably one of those things that you really you can't. I mean, I, I, realizing that we're doing something that is inherently artificial, but at, at the same time, you can't fake it at the same time, right? Because, um, like, if you tried to do that again, I don't think you can do that again um, as, like, like, let's say we were going to do a different video. We'll do the same concept again, and it wouldn't work. I, as an introduction, it totally works, right? It's like you just, you see everyone. You feel, I mean, you, you like maybe because I know Tommy, but, you know, I, I really loved that part with him and his daughter. You know, I loved just the, like I said, the story I loved that everyone was all in, you know, and that you get to see those pieces. Like for me personally watching, it was like, even though I was building it again, watching you guys build a song to me was like, it was like being there at the same time, you know? And, and I totally appreciated just being being able to sort of be a fly on the wall. I think that's kind of the the at the end of the day, that's what everyone gets to be. You get to be privy to something. You get to be privy to somebody creating art, you know. And and I think that everyone everyone who isn't an art or if they are an artist, they could totally appreciate. And if they're not, then they get to a sneak peek of what it's like to make a song, you know. Like I loved Paul. I I know we've never met or talked directly but i loved the way that you put the video together i loved like the personal aspect of like yes we're it was kind of like playback but there was still a lot of like okay this is this is a microcosm of how we would have done this and for a lot of us how we did do it it's like okay we're sitting down like i'm in my i'm in my couch with my kitchen table with my kids like converted into a classroom behind me like 
Kevin's in his home studio. Tommy's in his dungeon, uh, which I would love to have a, a soundproof area like that when I grow <laughs> that's up. Soundproof. You, you don't <laughs> want to go to Tommy's dungeon. <laughs> that's a different. That's a different episode for a different podcast. Right. I think. Um, but uh, and then just seeing Eric and uh, seeing Lance, just like the way we're all tracking and kind of putting it all together, like we were separate but it allowed us to be together and having that video put together in that way. Like it, it gave us that cohesion. It gave us that unity so that we can show that to our fans and go, Hey, look, this is what we do. And this is, this is how we do it. We did not let distance define us. Hey, and those are real, those are real veins when I'm singing, by the way, too, it's not the audio yeah. used in it. That's the audio from the actual CD. But uh, I could not lip sync the song. So yeah. there's, I think Paul has yeah. an actual videotape and I'm singing the damn thing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I said. And I, I remember I, I texted him right after I saw it. I said, I just, I love that you're just actually singing this. He's like, I don't know how to fake it. <laughs> it's just funny. I'm actually playing too. I'm just not yeah. recording at the time. <laughs> I can't really lip sync on the drums, but some people on TV do and it's horrible and I wish I would never do that. Right, right. Sorry. <laughs> Side note. That's why I, I think it's so important to have Tommy with his daughter in the beginning because the rest yeah. of the video is his GoPro from above. You never get to see yeah. Tommy's face. And right. um, <laughs> that's, that's I mean, I know what he looks like, but I don't think people realize maybe that that's who Tommy is in that opening scene. And yeah, uh, I, I do. Go ahead, Tommy. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I do that because I do a lot of videos from a teaching standpoint to show people how to do things. If you look at my YouTube page, it's all like, here's how I played this. Here's how I played that. This is what, you know, this is what you're, you're hearing. They can see what they're hearing and it helps from a teaching standpoint. You just don't want to show really off have, like 43 different drums. That's right. Well, that, yeah, the GoPro, I can get the whole giant monster kit. Um, but it's funny cause I've tried to do video shots of me playing like from the side, but I don't have enough room so you don't really get a good view and the background is horrible. So you get, you get GoPro from above. Yeah, I like it. I'm used to it. You've done that on a lot of things I have seen. And I also love the fact that many people don't even notice it when I bring it up, but my dog's asleep next to me for like half the shots on the couch. No, I was, I was just going to bring that up. It was like, <laughs> how, how did that, like, was your puppy actually there while you were, while you were tracking this? Cause I mean, if you're trying to do it at home, I would not be surprised. Well, I mean, she's always where I am, but I mean, that was just recorded for the video, of course. So I had my son sitting in front of me in our little outdoor patio lounge that we built and bought all the stuff during COVID. And so it was kind of new at the time. So we loved hanging out here and my dog loves to just lay on this couch. And halfway through that recording, she just ran up and laid down and just kind of chilled out while we did the rest of the song. It's awesome. <laughs> You know, my dog does that too. He's, he's really weird. When I start drumming, he comes down, he lays right under my stool. And I have some videos where he's like laying, he's like in the shot. He doesn't care that it's super loud in 120 dB. He just comes down and lays down by me while I'm tracking. It's awesome. I wish my dogs did that. We don't, we don't <laughs> deserve dogs, by the way. They're the greatest. No, my, my shepherd husky would, uh, would attempt to chew on my cords if I attempted to do that. Yeah, they love chords. Yeah. So you had to get rid of her, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes, to kind of build off the, the video, um, it did give me the opportunity to hang out with Eric for a bit, which was cool. 
in the midst of right. all we, the, we got the sadness and reality. Yeah. That was a fun time. It's one good thing about going to Washington was I did get to stop by Kevin's abode and engage in some good bonding and whiskey drinking and commiserating. And it was a lovely night. I think we actually went through the entire album and parsed all the lyrics. And I told you all the secret meetings. That's what that's what a few whiskeys will do. They did. Yeah, he, all the meanings of the, the lyrics that you wrote down and took some some videos that sounds weird <laughs> <laughs> but now i need to see them <laughs> well they're, they're in the video there's, there's like a little in the video kevin looking off into the distance longingly they're, they're not from some uh they're not from some secret movie we made right yeah but i, I mean it i think the the edit for the video just like kind of brings this togetherness uh in a time where we felt so far apart which is something that was desperately needed so i i have a question for you guys so uh one of the things that i i found super remarkable was how it seemed to really resonate with a very broad audience i mean one of the things that i thought was funny was uh when when eric goes well did you see how many people watched it and i this was maybe like within a week or so and I was, you know, expecting the, the, the typical kind of numbers, you know, where you look over and go, oh, yeah, a couple hundred. That was pretty cool. And I was like, whoa, wait, wait, what, what, what is, what's going on? And, and to me, I, it just, it's one of those things also where you go, who's, how, who's connecting with this? I mean, you know, so did it, did it, as you guys looked at some of those things, those, those metrics or whatever you want to call it, uh, did it, did it make you go, how why yeah i was i was definitely shocked i mean being an independent band we obviously we do most of our own promotion uh and you just try to get stuff out to as many people as possible i remember pulling up the video on youtube we put on youtube and on facebook and you know i sat back and i don't know a couple days later i think the youtube video was like around 7500 views or something at that time yeah and I, I still don't know who the hell watched it, but I mean, obviously it, it tracked with a lot of people and Lance said earlier, you know, that's the song. We get a lot of feedback on that song because it's just, it's a very, even though the lyrics are, are kind of, you know, melancholy as I'm, as I'm apt to do, it's, the music's very hopeful and it, I, I think it stirs something inside people that just draws them in and the video too. It's a very intimate video, even though it's a rock song. You know, you're just seeing a bunch of guys playing, but it's, but we're not posing and, you know, doing rock, you know, things. We're just playing and making art. And the views totally threw me off. I, I don't know how many it has as, as of this moment. 7,500. Oh, still. So, so no one's watched it since then. <laughs> well, 7,504. So maybe yeah. four. So no, and I, and I think the original number when you first, you know, said something to me. It was something more around like four thousand. I mean, or something like that. So it, it's been a few thousand. But okay, so yeah, maybe yeah. I'm maybe the last time I looked at it, it was seventy five hundred. But yeah. But anyway, that's a couple thousand more than I expected. I expected yeah. you know four or five hundred views, yeah. and that's obviously not us going on YouTube and watching the video. You know, seventy five hundred times. It, right. it it tracked with people, and I still hear that it's tracking with people. But that was a, it was a wonderful surprise, and I yeah. think it's also a testament to your skill as an artist and what you created for us, uh, 
it, it's amazing. And we are so thankful for the job you did because I think you and I, I mean, we've been friends since high school. Right. And you seem far and away, probably more than almost anyone I know, you, you've kind of figured out some of the things that go on in my head just from how long you've known me. And when I give you a song and you're tracking with it, you bring out something that was there, but maybe I couldn't vocalize. Mm-hmm. And you, you do a wonderful job at that. I'm sorry you have to spend so much time in my headspace. It, it cannot be a safe place for anyone, mm-hmm. but we, it's we thank interesting. you for your I'll sacrifice. Say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting place to be. And But, you know, to... to to that end, I think that anyone who's creating art, you're always going to that place where either it, it it's a, it's a little more intimate than you're comfortable with, or or or, or dangerous or risky or, or whatever. But if you don't, if you're not willing to take that chance, then you should go do something else. In my opinion, right? I think that that's part of, you know, probably why, you know, some songs you know take off and other ones don't. Because if you're if you're not willing to take those risks and do the things um, and take, you know, take those chances and go, okay, this is, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't like a camera in my face or whatever. Right. Um, then, you know, you, you're, you're missing out on something that, I mean, an opportunity that could be created. And, and um, I, that's what I appreciated ultimately in having the opportunity to do this is that, you know, I do so many uh, sort of, corporate edits and things like that you know like that you know they're boring they're cookie cutter they're you know and then just just say well here uh you know here's here's what i'm thinking you know what the lyrics are uh get back to me and 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 we'll revisit this and i'm like well here's what i got and it's like oh (laughs) and you're not mad okay cool (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was wonderful uh guys any other thoughts for paul before I just want to thank him for doing it a so quickly yeah. and so tastefully and yeah. even just willing to, to help out the band. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, man. This was, yeah. this was a work of art and it was, this was something I was excited. Like when the, when it came out, like when my kids came home that weekend, it was like, they all wanted to see it. So we all nice. got to like sit in the living room and look, we're on YouTube. I keep talking about this band that I'm that I'm in that I'm helping write music for, and we're we're doing all this cool stuff and cutting an album. Here's what we all here's what this looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Eric, uh, this isn't the first time Paul's done a video for us. He did a little teaser for Montague back in the day. I remember he took some footage at Nam and edited into. Uh, the the early days that. of my really poor skills back then. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, I'm actually watching yeah. a video right now, yeah. and I realize that Eric has a lot nicer camera than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. He must have a 4K camera or something. Hey, you know, you got to get with technology. And yeah. I know. I right? I still, as much as I love the video, I still hate a camera in my face. It's yeah. as as a musician, I'm playing live is fine, but something about the camera. It's, I think that's why when you first said it, I was like, oh, I don't know about that, because it just. I just don't like it. It's not the way I want to, you know, communicate my art. But kind of Lance said it, it, it's just such a tasteful, perfect way you presented it. You know, so I didn't feel like a complete idiot doing it. Then seeing the finished product, I'm like, okay, that was necessary. Yeah, Which is good because musicians, we get in our own heads so much. that It's good for us to let other artists, you know, 
who have experience in other mediums of media, you know, tell us what they think and we need to shut up and listen because then you've got collaboration and mm. together we are much stronger than our individual ideas. Absolutely. Good stuff. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to go just yet. We're just, we're going to wrap up the episode and you can say your goodbyes, but we want to thank you a little longer episode today, but it was worth it. There, there's a lot going on, a lot to unpack with Moving Shadows, something we're very proud of. So we would like you to join us for the next episode of Echoes Down the Road. We will be doing Holy Ghosted. And that's, that's going to be a good episode, gentlemen. There, there's a lot to unpack there too. It is not light fare for anyone. But in the meantime, please subscribe to our podcast episode. You can do that wherever you find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, all those things through Podbean. They're, they're our host. You can subscribe there, but it's fun to subscribe. We'll let you know when new episodes come out. And you can find our music on Spotify and Apple Music and anywhere you can stream music. It's all out there. You can find us on Bandcamp at westofhouse.bandcamp.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, the Twitters, the West of House Band, and on YouTube. Come, search us up. We've talked about how long that damn URL is. So please subscribe. Get us to 100 <laughs> so we can just be West of House Band instead of the litany of letters, numbers, colors, and seasons that is in that URL. And I will never do it again. We did that in, I think it was episode one. Tommy made me read it. And you did a great job. You know, I'm, I'm still scarred. I am still scarred from that experience. But thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. The first episodes are already up and people are listening and that's great. And we will get better every episode. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure, guys. It was a pleasure. And, you know, from, from all of us in West of House, thanks for coming and we'll see you next episode. See you. Bye. On Skype here, Dave. Do you have a lotso? Did he, did he just quit bear? the band? I think I think Dave just quit. He's mad because you made fun of my overdrumming. <laughs> he likes it. Seriously, I think that's lotso huggable bear in the background. What is that? He's dark like Tommy. Oh. He is dark. <laughs> hey, I'm Greek, so be nice. Is he quitting or is he still in the band? I'm, I'm still, it's still unclear. He's always oh, frozen now. He's, look no, at that. No, I think or he's this... flexing his pecs. Uh, oh, no. I can do that too. We can all look like we're frozen. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's oh, probably a one episode day with the way this is going. Falling. <laughs> I think he's putting in new headphones, sir. Yeah, he's yeah. moving, but not much. Is he, Did, uh, is he dead? I think his. Is he brown? Is he died. clean? Your editing is going to be horrible on this one. There's a big chunk you're going to take out. Yeah, this whole chunk is worthless. What's going on, Dave? Well, you know what? I'm just going to move on with my stuff because yeah, we'll wait do for it. Him. So, we'll get him back.